Spinning out of control, here we go Foot to the pedal, till it's touching the metal Let's rock and roll, yeah So they need to get them tigers to screech and I beat them Check the flags, last lap, nobody can beat them It's just that it's a party, put it on in the carpool And hear us talk a lot of NASCAR in the audio Singing loud, we don't just want it out of mode We're getting dirty around here, yeah We're in the mall. We're in the marbles Uh, we're in the marbles In the marbles Hey everybody, welcome to episode 77 of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan I am Ethan, you can find me on social media at Viva La Ethan My name's Soda, you can find me on Twitter or X at Soda underscore Hunter Man, how you doing? I'm all right. I've been all right. Um, celebrating an anniversary today. As yes, we record. you are. 19 years with my wife. That's we're getting to 20. Yeah, that's um, it's surprising how fast that's went. Yeah, but that's always how it is, right? Yeah. So uh, how you doing, man? Oh man, <laughs> you don't even want to know. It's <laughs> been a oh, it's been a miserable week, man. But you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah, I'm I'm like in the middle of you know, little backstage stuff, really. Uh, we've been kind of playing phone tag a little bit with this uh, recording session tonight because literally my phones are going insane for some reason. Signing into a Mac uh, that we got real cheap because Lord knows we can't afford a new Mac. Um Screwed up all our Apple IDs, and now my Apple ID is showing up with her text messages and her picture. She's talking to herself on her, um, my wife. When, when she talks to me, she's talking to herself on her messages. It's complicated. It's weird. We're trying to figure all that out, but I guess it'd be tomorrow morning when we talk to Apple support when we figure all that out. So that's fun. That's been a fun little four or five hours that I've been having to deal with that. Yeah. But uh, 77, man. You got a driver for 77? You know I do. It's uh, 2003, throwing it back to. Uh, my favorite color, that bright yellow and blue. 77 of Dave Blaney. I uh, I bet I'm going back even further. Mm. And then 2003, 20 years ago. But I bet I'm going back uh, probably about 45 years ago. Oh, my goodness. I think it's 1978, but I could be wrong. It could be a little earlier than that. Um, Dale Earnhardt. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. He drove the white and red and blue, and I think it had a little brown or gold to it also. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But it was the Army sponsored. No, no, it wasn't Army. It wasn't Army. What was that? That's the number 30 I'm thinking of. I don't know the sponsor, but he drove a white number 77. Yes, Way back did. in the day, before he got in the, the, the two car and uh, went for rookie of the year and won the championship and all that. So, 
way back in the day. I'm surprised you didn't go with Ross Chastain. Honestly, I wasn't following it. Mm. You know, I wasn't following Ross Chastain when he was in the 77. So I didn't even think about that. I really, Ross Chastain really didn't hit my radar until he jumped in the 42. Oh, yeah, yeah. When he got in the 42, that's when I really started noticing. I was like, hey, this dude's, he can actually drive. You know, like he's constantly, you know, taking equipment that shouldn't be finishing up there, like that 42 car, and he's doing pretty decent in it. It's like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. And uh, just spun off from there. Those really impressive 32nd places, place finishes, man, they were, they were spectacular. What, the 42? Yeah. No, he was running up there in the top 10, <laughs> top 15 in the 42. Don't give me that mess. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I think I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking of Matt Kenseth. Never mind. Mm hmm. 40. Oh, wait, what? 42? Yeah, he drove the 42. Why do I not? After. Uh, I, yeah, I Because the 42, that. uh, it's the same team that turned into the one, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was bought, obviously, or whatever it is, merged, bought. I have no idea. There's, yeah. it's so complicated trying to follow one team in NASCAR. Like, yeah. I dare you to try to follow um, Petty. <laughs> oh, no. I just try to figure out who all they've merged with in the last 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Petty Ever Everham. I mean, there's all sorts of junk with that. But, I mean, I think this was, it used to be a, a, oh, who, Chip Canassi team mm -hmm. that merged with something else. And didn't, didn't Canassi either buy it from Sabatis or they merged or something like that? I have no idea. It's so complicated to, to follow all that because can't nobody really hold a long-term sustained team except Hendrick, basically. Gibbs yeah. lately. Gibbs has done good. Uh, he's been around since 93, 92, actually. So he's done good about holding that long-term team. But other than Hendrick and Gibbs, I can't think of a team that's hasn't been merging and being bought out and things like that. So Yeah, it's, it's a uh, rarity nowadays, <laughs> it seems like, for sure. So um, you were asking me about uh, – you know how things have been so it's been miserable <laughs> and one thing that wasn't miserable was that uh this past saturday i was listening to the saturday morning rumble wheel with brian breaker and and uh daniel cross and i heard something very interesting um they were talking about road trips or um yeah road trips and they, of course they were both pro wrestlers and uh, have a lot of very interesting stories did you happen to catch this last episode of uh saturday morning I did not. Not this last one. Not yet. Man, it is a must listen. It is so funny. Um, I don't want to give it away, but Daniel Cross, he told a story about getting uh, food poisoning <laughs> on, like, on his way and the, whole, the first time he worked an extra for WWE. And it, oh, dude, it sounded miserable. And I just felt for him. But one thing that Brian Breaker said uh, that I was really intrigued with was he was talking about, you know, obviously different road road trips that he has he's done and kind of led into like wrestling stories. And one thing that he said was that he wrestled in Humboldt, Kansas, which if you know, if you're a longtime listener of our show, you hear me talking about Humboldt, Kansas a lot with Humboldt Speedway, a local dirt track. 
um, that I go to every chance I get. I actually used to work there um, for the season. And uh, so I, I immediately paused the episode and I texted Brian and I was like, were you just using that as an like as an example or did you actually wrestle in Humboldt? And he was like, no, dude, I totally wrestled there. And uh, I guess 2009 Shark Boy also wrestled there, you know, and I was like, no way, dude. That was so exciting for me. So um, <laughs> Humboldt is a very, oh my gosh, it's a very small town, um, two gas stations, uh, a middle school and a high school all in one building, elementary school and one stoplight. Oh, and like five churches. But um, I don't know. It was just like I lived there for quite a few years. Um, and it's currently only eight miles down the road from where I live now. So I just thought that was really cool. I just wanted to, you know, I don't know. Shout out to Humboldt, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know. But I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I've lived in a town like that before for a couple of years. Our, our school was K through eight. Mm. All in one school. Every grade had uh, two classes in it Yeah. up until, I guess, where they were changing classes. I don't know. But we had, uh, I think our fifth grade and fourth grade actually only had one and a half classes each. So our fourth and fifth grade extra class was split into one class. Like oh. One classroom. It's weird. Small, small town. <clears throat> that was back when you can go to the, go to the little gas station right across the uh, parking lot from the school and get your airheads for a nickel. Mm. <laughs> My goodness. That's... I don't know how much airheads are nowadays, but I bet they're not a nickel. A dollar 98. I don't know. Not for one airhead. They can't well, be. Well, inflation, baby. Come on now. You think from 1994 to now, they would went from a nickel to a dollar 98 per airhead. Probably. I feel like they're probably 99 cent though. Oh, they're probably, yeah, absolutely. They're probably, 99. probably at least a, if they better not be charging more than a dang dollar for an airhead. How dumb. Well, Jessica actually just got a promotion. So she's the new store manager at a gas station. I can just simply just ask her, but um, that's beside <laughs> the point. But yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they were a dollar 89 or whatever I just said. So. Well, that's really cool that he wound up wrestling in uh, that that town. Either were you there when he wrestled? No, this is I. I want to say he he never explained like what year he wrestled, but he said Shark Boy was there in two thousand nine. So I want to say it was roughly around two thousand nine. And if that was the case, I was a senior in high school, probably skipping class somewhere. So <laughs> um, I could have probably, but I didn't know who Brian Breaker was at that point. So I. But it's really weird because I was really into wrestling. Like, I mean, freshman year, I was, I was very concentrated on pro wrestling and I wanted to be a pro wrestler. And I just, I never heard of anything. Now, if it was later, like maybe it was, I don't know, 2005, you know, obviously I didn't have a car and, and, you know, I, I didn't have the internet either. So, um, I don't know. I just, I'm not sure how that kind of snaked by me. I never realized that until, uh, this past Saturday. <laughs> Um, so what do you want to talk about first? We got a good little bit of news and one really big thing hit just a few hours before we start recording and that's the schedule. Yeah. So what, what do you want to hit first? Do you want to go through uh Talladega? You want to go through some stories? You want to go through the fantasy cup? 
Yeah, you know what? Let's go. Um, let's go through Talladega. I think okay. there was a lot of stuff happening in Talladega, especially in the truck race, which we don't we don't normally talk about the truck race. We don't normally talk about Xfinity. Um, you know, we try to, but like our main focus is Cup Series. Um, but man, there was some massive, uh, massive situations happening in the truck series. Uh, first off, Zane Smith. Remember last week when I said uh, in my in my honorable mentions on the top five tales to watch. Um, I said getting on and off pit road is going to be detrimental and, you know, or could be detrimental for some people. Mm-hmm. Well, Zane Smith, he proved me right. He accidentally spun, locked up the back tires, wheel hopped a little bit, spun on pit road and accidentally hit one of his tire uh, changers in a re- actually a really scary incident. Yeah, um, I don't yeah know he wound up he wound up jumping and uh, taking it pretty decent, though. <clears throat> you know, I mean, yeah, he hit broadside and all that. He's. I heard him in an interview later. He says, I thought I was going to clear it. Mm-hmm. Like he thought he was going to jump high enough to where he could just clear the top of it. Yeah. Of the, the, the deck lid anyway of the, uh, the truck, like the bed, mm-hmm. but didn't quite make that. But, uh, he did. I mean, he wasn't hurt. So that's, that's something. Which is wild. And I, yeah. I uh, <laughs> a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, Jordan Cassatt, one of our good friends from Stolen Gimmicks Pro Wrestling Podcast, uh, he asked us if, um, you know, if any of the pit road crew members ever got hurt or ran over. So I actually uh, sl- uh, reversed the TV and I Snapchat videoed it to him saying like hey like <laughs> this just happened today like just a few minutes ago on pit road um i don't think he ever responded so don't know if he got that video or not but i thought it was kind of interesting for sure and it just goes to show what these pit crew members are just absolute athletes you know like my goodness well you gotta think okay so they're not coming down pit road at 190 miles an hour anymore like they used to mm-hmm. Right, like it's how they get one point. You come off the track, and your your whole focus was to make speed up on pit road over somebody else. Yeah, so you might not come down 190, but you might come down 130. You know, flying down pit road, slamming on brakes, getting to your stop, and then taking off as fast as you can while other people on pit road are trying to make pit stops and coming in and out too. Mm. Nowadays, you're only going 55. I think that's the pit road speed at Talladega and yeah. Daytona. The super speed is 55. Some other tracks are 35. Some are 45. I think the super speedways are 55. Um, And you're thinking, okay, well, that's slow. Look how slow they're going. You can see it on TV. They're just creeping along pit road. Guys, they're going 55 miles an hour. Just because it doesn't look fast at Talladega when you used to see them go 200. You go out there on your highway at a car coming at you at 55 miles an hour and jump in front of it as it comes to a stop. Right. See, see how you feel about that. 55 miles an hour is still fast. Yeah. We have a, well, actually referring back to Humboldt, um, the, there's a, like a, not secret, but it's a back highway. It used to be the main highway. Um, but it's, we got a brand new, highway and this is what we call the back highway uh from my town to Humboldt and the speed limit is 55 and it's like that was one thing I thought of was like man he was going that fast mm-hmm. my goodness I couldn't imagine if I got hit like that I'd probably do the Peter Griffin thing with a 
<laughs> you yeah. know, for like 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I probably just won't be able to get up. Um, yeah. Kill me. Can't can't be hitting this forty year old man like that. I'll tell you. Come on, break my hip. I'm where he hit. Yeah, yeah. I'm not lying. Absolutely. I already think my eyesight's going, let alone breaking hips and junk. Well, my hearing's gone, and and my eyesight's (laughs) crap, and my neck is broken. (laughs) Like I I feel you, man. I Um, never had any trouble with eyesight until about three or four days before I hit forty. Oh, and then all of a sudden. I'm noticing that in the evenings I can't focus on anything that's like close, like, you know, close to read. And on the cruise ship, I noticed I couldn't focus on anything the whole time that was close. Like I could see far off, but when it was close, it was all blurry and stuff. And I mentioned it to my wife. I was like, I don't know what's going on. I just, my eyes are tired or maybe it's the sea. I have no idea. I just, I can't focus. I hope it's just not me getting, old like instantly overnight and she said one of the medications actually did have a side effect where it made you have blurry vision like okay well that's probably what it is and yeah when i got off the ship and i got off of any of that medication that's uh keeping me from being sick i don't really have that issue anymore still have it a little bit at night but it bothered me because we actually like found some readers um we found some reading glasses on the shore of mexico I think it was Mexico um, at one of these little pharmacies that have like all the good stuff that you can't, that you don't need a prescription for. You know what I mean? Um, (laughs) uh, They had like, I think that was a place that had some reading glasses and just basic (laughs) readers. Like you you go to Dollar General, get some readers, right? Just whatever. And she handed a pair. I was like, I was like, Put these on. Read this. And I, I put them on. I was like, like, I'll be dang. I can see it perfectly. Wow. (laughs) I was so mad. I was like, what'd you do that to me for? Now I can see, I, I know I need readers now, but actually I don't, not, not too bad. I'm, I'm fine. But yeah, that's it worried me crap out of me for a little bit. But anyway, sounds like father's father time is, you know, creeping up on you. I don't know. Only After a long day, I feel like my eyes get tired and I can't focus on things, but through the day I'm fine. Like I, I have to do all my paperwork and stuff at, at work and, and it's right up there in my face and I'm, you know, writing everything down. I can read everything I'm doing fine. That's it's just all right. It's just in the, in the evening. I just can't, what am I talking about all this for? Who cares? Um, <laughs> you know, the truck series at Talladega. Yeah. So I was going to say the one thing that, that we do care about is what happened after the truck race. And you know what? For the life of me, I, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. Okay. Who won the truck race? I have oh. no idea. You know why I don't know? I don't know because I was having to watch it on a phone streaming, you know, like down the road. Obviously, I wouldn't have it in my face. I had it like in my like, little cubby down here just so I could really listen to it and just kind of glance at it once in a while. But all I could do because I was at work, that's oh. all I could do was just have it streaming. And where I work, the 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 coverage is not great. And the worst app is direct TV. Because it needs like perfect coverage to work correctly. Yeah. YouTube, I can do all day long. YouTube doesn't bother me at all. But I don't have YouTube TV. I have Direct TV, and the Direct TV app needs perfect signal. And mm. it went out on me with two laps to go. Oh, no. like coming to the last restart, it went out, and I could not get it back. Um, and I wound up just having to look on Twitter and see what happened. 
Yeah, it was Brett Moffitt who I guess he uh, he left the truck series for a little while because they kept on saying, welcome back, welcome back. And I'm like, whoa, I didn't even know he left. Um, but Brett Moffitt, um, that was not the interesting part, though. Uh, the interesting part was uh, I think it was two laps to go on a green-white checkered. Um, Matt Crafton and Nick Sanchez got together. Um, I watched that wreck several times. It was obviously the big one. Um, I don't – did you see that wreck? I can't place it. I, I did see it, but I can't place it. Like, like trying to go back and remember exactly what happened in it, I can't place it because a few things happened right there at the end of that race. Yeah. And I can't pick out which one you're talking about, honestly. Yeah, so really fast. Um, I'm going to zoom through this pretty much. Uh, I want to say it was like five, less than five laps ago. It was a re, uh, one of the final restarts. It was not the final restart, but it was one of the final restarts. Nick Sanchez lined up behind Matt Crafton. They worked together for about a lap, and then um, there was a there was a spot you know in the middle, and Nick Sanchez went for it, and then uh, what I think was a late block by Matt Crafton ended up um, he was not. He wasn't clear. He he came down on Nick Sanchez. Uh, Nick had his nose in there and uh, ended up wrecking Matt Crafton and pretty much everybody behind him. And I think they were running, I don't know, somewhere in the top 10. And pretty much everyone else uh, besides Nick Sanchez uh, got a piece of that. And I guess after the race, now there's some different conflicting stories of what had happened. But there was a fight between Matt Crafton and Nick Sanchez after the Talladega truck race. Um, I mean, it was a gruesome. Like, I mean, Matt Crafton broke his nose. Uh-huh. We were pretty confident. Um, the The videos didn't show the start of the fight, which would have answered a lot of um, questions. But uh, the the videos that I've seen starts when they're both on the ground, and you know they get pulled apart, and Nick looks up and like his face is like triple H just took a bump in the ring post in 2002. Like, I mean, he had some blood streaming and it's been a long time since we've seen that much blood. So I I knew immediately it was a broken nose. I've broken my nose before and that's exactly what it looked like. So I was like, Oh no. So, um, supposedly, uh, Nick's mom was standing right there. She was in the video. Uh, she made a Facebook posts apparently i haven't seen it i don't know what it, i don't know exactly what it says but it pretty much says the same thing that nick said in his post-race interview saying that he somebody tapped him on the shoulder and he looked he turned around and got punched in the face um matt crafton he uh went to x explaining that he said hey and then nick sanchez turned around and i guess nick threatened him and then there was a fight. I don't believe that. I don't think NASCAR believes that because uh, Matt Crafton was fined $25,000. Uh, Nick Sanchez was fined $5,000, um, but no suspension for any of the drivers. So that's decent. But some of the interesting things that I thought was um, noteworthy was some of the things that they were saying. Now, obviously, I'm not going to say verbatim. What, no, <laughs> we can't say anything that they said on the ground. That was no, just, no, well, no, I, like after the fact, like what okay. they were saying, but as a video, the video of the actual fight is a little rough. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> language wise, we can't know. <laughs> so, I'm very, uh, I was very interested to see, 
Um, obviously, it's all over X. If you want to know if if you want to know what the fight or where to find the fight, just let me know, and I can probably find you a video. Or you can just go to X or Instagram and type in Nick Sanchez fight, Matt Crafton fight, something like that, and you'll find it. Um, some some very uh, interesting things that Nick Sanchez was saying about Homestead. Um, well, once again, I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna repeat it because it's pretty rough. Um, so I wondered how NASCAR was gonna handle that because you, you just can't go around saying, you know, like pretty much threatening someone's life, you know, <laughs> especially yeah. when you race cars, you know, at 200 miles an hour, 185 miles an hour. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Twenty five thousand dollars fine for Matt Craft and five thousand dollars fine for Nick Sanchez. Yeah, um, I didn't even know that fight was happening until well after everything was over with because I just happened to come across it on Twitter. I don't know what they showed on TV. I don't think they showed anything on TV. I think this was like literally right as soon as um, the broadcast went off the air. Yeah, because the broadcast was running late a little bit too, I think. Yeah, which... Honestly, it's probably a blessing because <laughs> I, I don't know if the uh, 15 second buffer would have covered that or not. Man, these uh, truck series Talladega races, they uh, they always a little eventful, ain't they? I mean, I mean you know, last what? year's I got to see the last half of last year's in person mm. with um, Matt Benedetto getting the win on a crazy finish, having to figure out who exactly was in front where when the caution came out and yeah. All this crazy carnage happening right in front of where we were sitting, right at the exit of pit road, and and I was walking up to the track as I was across the street from the vent with the vendors, um, and I was walking to the track to the newer vendors, and as I was walking up to one of the trailers, not a whole lot of people were out because it was a Saturday before the Cup race, and most of the people that were around were either you know, doing a little bit of their shopping or they were tailgating or they were actually in there watching the truck race. Mm. But we hadn't gotten to the truck race yet. It was already going. And we walked up to the the trailer, one of the vendors and we saw, Oh, I I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but the guy catch fire and jump out of his truck and over the wall as it was hitting the wall. You're talking about uh, Jordan Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. So we saw that on the TV outside while we were making our way to, like we were just going to some of the little, you know, newer NASCAR merchandise haulers. Yeah. And we were making our way to the track and we saw that outside. These truck races at Talladega, you don't want to miss them. Yeah. It's, it's wild stuff that happens at these uh, truck races. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, uh, even bleeding, <laughs> bleeding over, even bleeding over to the cup race the next day. Um, pretty eventful. I, now I'm going to be really honest. I was at work, so I did not catch a bit of this, um, which I was really upset about. I had it recorded and I told myself as soon as I got home, I was going to, I was going to rewatch it. I was trying really hard to stay off social media, uh, until I got home, but it just didn't happen that way. So, um, I was way too eager because I was really confident with my Brack pick. And then I realized that he was, done for the day so um after that i was just like okay well i'm going to go to bed as soon as i got home but um ryan blaney wins uh and, and I'm, I'm i'm so frustrated i'm upset uh this is the ninth time this season alone that i have picked someone that has done poorly and then the very next week goes out and wins 
the ninth time. <laughs> it means I've been off by one week. I could have had 10 wins this season if I was one week off. One week you know, later, I would have had 10 wins. Justin wouldn't even be in my neighborhood, you know? And it's like, <laughs> how frustrating is that? Um, but Ryan Blaney does win in a very, very close finish with Kevin Harvick. Uh, Kevin Harvick, uh, well, actually we had, and we'll get into the Fantasy Cup stuff here in a minute. Um, Ryan Blaney edges out Kevin Harvick, but it comes to find out Kevin Harvick got disqualified because yep. not all the windshield fasteners were um, attached at the conclusion of the cup race. That means that the uh, air can manipulate the shape of wherever they fasten at. Yeah. Yeah. You know, wherever that is that they actually fasten to, the wind could actually move a little bit. They could buffer the actual body or whatever, the profile of the car around mm. and make it, you know, little more aerodynamic whether it was intentional or not you know who knows it's a long race they you know some of them could have come loose i guess but usually so, that kind of stuff's intentional yeah i mean for sure um how many talladega races have we seen in nascar and how many times have we seen a windshield just you know i i don't know <laughs> it's uh <laughs> rodney childers is one of the absolute greatest crew chiefs in the world um, of nascar right up there with chad knaus in my opinion uh maybe not as many championships maybe not as many wins but uh creativity my man is he's trying everything that he can uh i thought it was interesting i had a couple people actually reach out to me and say like do you think man nascar is being a little too hard like it's his last season well i think nascar made the right choice or right choice right decision um to disqualify kevin harvick i'm you know door bumper clear was bringing up a good point i wonder if uh kevin harvick would have won that race in its final season i wonder what nascar would have done would they would would they have disqualified him well which could have been his last you know curtain call if they would have brought it up the president's there Right. I mean, they've already done it. They've already taken wins away from somebody for something like tape, mm, right? Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't it tape that, yes. that took Denny Hamlin's win away? Pocono, two thousand twenty-two. Yeah. So this is a little more egregious than that. You know, this is. Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, it is. It, it, it straight up is. This is manipulation of airflow on a very, uh, very uh, precise. Uh, racetrack like this when it yeah. comes to aerodynamics and i know half of them's run and you know, run out there with scrapes and dents it used to be a lot worse than what it is now because these bodies they tend to kind of pop back out when they touch each other but <clears throat> they used to <laughs> used to be like you know you had a bunch of cars that could follow really well and push real well but the minute they got out front because they've been caught up in all these wrecks and stuff they couldn't do anything Mm. Yeah, so you had the really aerodynamic cars out front and the really beat up cars pushing them around but uh nowadays they pretty much all just stay aerodynamic and that that kind of means it's a little more um a little more important to try to get the the advantage when all these bodies tend to kind of pop back out you know after a uh, contact and stuff nothing really stays damaged too much yeah. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what uh, I mean, you got to see the the Talladega race, right? Mm -hmm. What Most was your yeah. what was your uh, overall thoughts of this race? So, 
I don't like this package they have. I really don't. Um, I looked at a stat, and apparently, do you know? Do you know off the top of your head on in notes or anything like that how many lead changes were in this race? Oh, I don't. It was in the eighties, I think. Oh my goodness! Yeah, wow. it, does that surprise you? It, it does. Yeah. It surprised me because I was like, all they did was run in a big pack all day long. Nobody really made any moves. They were all just kind of stuck together. Nobody was able to really pull out and do anything. But I think where all those lead changes came from, I think it's fool's gold in a way. Mm. Like if you look at 1984, which had the record for lead changes at like 87 or something like that for the longest, Earnhardt won that one. That was back in the slingshot days. You know, you had a pack, but you also had somebody that could really get a run. And you could pass somebody two or three times a lap with these runs that they would get. And 87 lead changes in 188 laps. Insane. Yeah. And then the tandem drafting stuff came in. And it was just like the slingshots. It's only you're using two cars instead of one. Mm -hmm. But I loved that racing. Because it was so, it was old school done in a really new way when you had to have somebody to team up with and it didn't matter who it was, you know, you had the most random team ups, like who's, who's near me. Okay. He's near me. Come on, push me. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And then when they get to a certain point, all right, cool. And then he can't stop them. The dude's just going to take off and pass them. You know, he's going to pass them out of nowhere. So not only do you get that lead change of the guy getting pushed to the front, you get the lead change right after that of the guy passing the guy that was getting pushed. And then here comes two more. They're going to pass them too. It happened like that at least two or three times a lap when they were doing that. And then all of a sudden you broke lead change records. I think the the next ones that have over 80 lead changes, they're all in 2010 and 2011 at Daytona and Talladega from tandem drafting. Yeah. After that, the nearest one is this year. So you're, wow. you're, you start with 84, you cap it with 2023 and Right in the middle is all 10 and 11 with the tandem drafting. Mm. That tandem drafting was exciting to me. I know a lot of people didn't like it, whatever. That was exciting. This stuff you have now, they're just running. I think where the lead changes come from, it isn't from all these runs and people are, it's real competitive. And I don't think it's that you have your same guys and they're up front and they stay up front the whole race, but they're side by side. So one lap, the outside guy has the advantage. They come back to the line. The inside guy has the advantage. They come back. The outside guy has the advantage. I think that's where you get the 80 lead changes. I think they're just running side by side. And then, you know, one just happens to be out in front of them of the other. And they just kind of swap every two or three laps. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, it's not the competitiveness of the package isn't there, but oh, you have close racing, you have close racing. That's fine. But if nobody can actually, you know, pull out, make a move, get a run, do anything to affect the end of the race yeah. or any, any, you know, if you can't at Talladega figure out with a good car, how to get from the back of the field to the front, you got a bad package because Talladega, even, 
even when they didn't have the restrictor plates, even when they weren't in packs, if you had a great car, but you were in the back, you could get to the front and it didn't take you, you know, 50, 60 laps to do it. It would take you 10, 15 tops because you could get that car to manipulate the air around everything. But when everybody's running two and three wide and they're all stacked right on top of you and you're just in a big box, you can't do nothing. It just, I didn't like the package when it when it debuted at the uh, Daytona 500 with the next-gen car. I didn't really like the package when I went and saw the Daytona 500 in person. It looked just like this, only worse because Daytona's narrower. And I don't really care for the package now. It just doesn't make that exciting racing. But, yeah, I don't know. And, you know, like, and this is coming from someone who didn't watch it or haven't yet. I have it on my DVR. I just haven't had time to sit down and actually watch it. Um, for what I've seen on the, the clips I've seen on Instagram and on X, I thought uh, it was pretty inter- interesting because I think they were three wide on lap seven. Like the whole field was three wide. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. Um Obviously, on social media, you're gonna you're gonna take the best clips and put it on there. Um, so that's why I'm. I need to I need to sit down and actually watch it. But I thought I was very um, oh. very interesting. I was pretty hopeful, but hearing your side of it, I'm like, oh, maybe well, it wasn't. But if you, it's a spectacle to see them run. You know, twelve rows deep, three wide. You know, it's a spectacle to see that. Yeah. But also go back and watch a Talladega race in 2004. Yeah. And see how much more exciting that one line fishtailing down the back straightaway. And then here comes some cars on the outside to get a run. And then they break off and they have like two or three or three wide. And then here comes another group to push through. But the whole pack's not three wide. They're spread out through the entire corner. But they're getting runs, and they're getting some momentum, and they're making moves, and they're making it exciting. But when you're all just running three wide and nobody can do anything, that's not exciting. Right. It's just a 190-mile-an-hour pace lap. They're just, kind of, they're just riding around, hoping they don't wreck. Yeah. And, and I guess that's what the fans want. You know, I know that's what NASCAR wants. NASCAR wants them to be in big packs, so when they wreck, they wreck big. I mean, I hate to say that, but that's uh, there's no other reason why they would do it. There's no other reason why they would do it, because they took away the tandem stuff because they weren't in packs. So they brought the packs back. They said, you can't push anymore, you know, and they, they make the bumpers where they didn't line up. And now they couldn't do that anymore, and we brought the packs back, and then we had the big wrecks again. So, Cool. I just I, I hope they find a better package than this. At least if they're going to make packs, at least at least have a way where you can make runs where the packs don't have to stay three wide, like on top of each other for fifteen laps. You know, if you want to run three wide for a lap or two, absolutely. But you need to have be able to get some momentum where you can make that pass yeah. in a lap or two. You don't need to run three wide for fifteen laps. That's not fun. There's nothing there. It's just. It's just something pretty to look at. It's not actually good racing. That's just anyway. Yeah, um, absolutely. And you know, speaking of wrecking, um, the the main topic of our next subject uh, definitely wrecked. Uh, Harrison Burton 
Returning to the 21 Wood Brothers Ford Mustang <laughs> in the NASCAR Cup Series in 2024. Okay. <laughs> I I honestly feel like, and I met Harrison. He's a great dude. Um, big fan of him in the Xfinity Series. Uh, I think that he needs this. 2024 is going to be a massive year for him. He need, Well, <laughs> not in a good way. Uh, he's going to need something to happen something huge to happen this season for him to be likely to come back in 2025 i feel like this is a make it or break it year for him 2024 yeah i mean i don't know they they got rid of competing for wins and matt Benedetto to go with that and they're keeping them for another year so whatever i've i have fallen so far away from liking that 21 car since they did that yeah. and I see the results and I see it really wasn't warranted at all. Like you didn't gain anything by doing that. You got this yeah. dude. that's not, not, he's not improving. Sorry. He's not, <laughs> he yeah. started his career at Daytona upside down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When was the last time Wood brothers went to victory lane? Was it with, uh, uh, Ryan Blaney, Trevor Bain, I think, or did, did, did Ryan Blaney take him there in the 21 car? Yeah. At Pocono. Yeah, I won't, probably. So. I don't. I don't know what year that was though. Well, I the the only one I can think of before that was Trevor Bain and Daytona 500. Yeah, and that was a funny story too. So uh, really fast, I'm gonna make it super fast. Um, I'm we were watching that. I think it was 2011. That happened. Like that. It was a tandem stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was 2011. I was a junior in high school and I was watching it. It was a rain delay, I believe. Um, and so the race concluded really late into the evening. It was a Sunday. I had I had school the next day. And uh, my mom, for whatever reason, like my mom was not a Trevor Bain fan. I don't know why this happened, but she was um hooting and hollering and she like you know with two laps to go trevor took the lead or whatever the case may be and my mom got up and she started like doing this like jersey shore fist pumps <laughs> at her advanced age and she threw her back out that night and we had to have uh at the time of a family friend doctor here locally uh had to make a house call to our house at like nine o'clock at night to, <laughs> to like help her out or something. I don't know, but uh, you're back out cheering for a, a NASCAR driver in the Daytona 500. And it was, I mean, it was so <laughs> weird. Like she had never heard of Trevor Bain before this happened before this. Maybe Daytona it was a 21 car. No, it wasn't it was. <laughs> like, like she had a, she has a massive collection of the Pillsbury Doughboy. The, here's a random fact for you. Caitlin Vinsel. Did you know the Pillsbury Doughboy has an entire family? <laughs> he has a <laughs> he has a wife, uh, three kids, a cat, a dog, a car, grandparents. Um, oh my god, they made these little statuette statue things. Are they and all made out of dough? No, no, it's like a hard plastic. But um, you know, you know what I mean. Like the yeah, dough, yeah. Are yeah. they are they themed like they're all supposed yes. to be made out of dough? Yes. <laughs> It's the wildest thing. Uh, next time I go over to my parents' house, I have to take a picture and send it to you. It is the wildest thing, dude. It's crazy. All right. Um, I want anybody listening to this that saw that Talladega race today and thought that it was exciting, or this week, and thought it was exciting, 
I want you to go to nascarclassics.com or whatever they call it, nascar.com slash classics. I have no idea. Um, or just go on YouTube because they're on YouTube too. I think NASCAR Classics is even uploading them on YouTube also. So what's the point? I don't know. Find a 2010 or 2011, probably early 2011 or late 2011 also would be good. I think I was at the one in late 2011, Talladega race. And watch that style. Watch the tandem drafting. And when I, when I say tandem and you start watching that, you're going to know what I'm talking about and why we call it that. Watch that race. Watch that style and tell me that's not in like infinitely more exciting than what we saw this past week. Just I, I, I dare somebody to say that's not more exciting. I am one person that I hated tandem drafting. It was so much more fun to watch, though, man. It it was. Oh my gosh, it was so much more fun to watch. I think you, this, you felt your eighty-eight lead changes, which they did twice. They beat the record and mm-hmm. tied their own record twice yeah. in one year off of that tandem drive. You felt that. You watched this mess that we had this past week. You don't feel eighty-eight lead or eighty lead, whatever it was. I think it was eighty eighty something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't feel that. They just they're all in just a pack. There's, there's yeah. no moving, you know, you saw the movement in the tandems and not everybody had to be on top of each other. They were spread out through the whole field. And I remember the first time somebody actually did that. I want to say it was uh Denny Hamlin. Um, everybody, cause nobody knew he could do this. Cause that's not a common practice. You don't push somebody around the entire track for two laps at Talladega. You don't do that. You stay in a line and you get as close as you can. And sometimes you can nudge them down the straightaways and stuff. But before that, that wasn't a common practice. Denny Hamlin was with somebody. I don't know what race this was. It was in the car tomorrow. I, it might've been late 2009 at Talladega, but on the front straightaway, maybe coming out of turn four, Hamlin hooked up with somebody and he was in the very back of the pack and he, he was either pushing or he was being pushed. The entire field was single file on the inside going around the trioval. Here comes Hamlin, this one dude by themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Went around the entire field mm. past Dale Jr., who was leading the race, and just shot out in front of everybody and just took off until they had to they have to separate. They could only go two or three laps because the car would overheat yeah. from pushing. So you'd have to separate. That was the key to it. You couldn't just do it forever. Yeah, you know, you had to oh, you had to separate. That brought everybody back, back else to you know, else back up to you. Right. I remember Dale Jr.'s radio saying, "Just rude. That was rude. <laughs> Nobody expected them to do that." And from that point on, it was on. Yeah, everybody. Was, I, what what can we do with this? We just push each other all over the place. <laughs> I know the only like in my opinion, and I feel like I'm the Ty Gibbs to your Brandon Jones um, with this situation, but I. Feel like the only good thing that ever came out of uh, tandem drafting was at Talladega in that four wide, mm-hmm. two uh, like f- two by two, four wide, it's four four <clears throat> wide uh, tandems. Yes, four wide pushing tandems. each other to the line. Yes, and the closest Which, was it the closest NASCAR finish in history? If if not, it was pretty dang close. Yeah, top two or three, yeah. Yeah, is that, that was that's the one Jimmy Johnson won, isn't it? Yes, and yeah. I thought that was fantastic, and that was the only time I was like, "All right, this is cool." And then and after they didn't that, wad up all the cars. Yeah, and then just after that race, I was just like, oh, "Okay, I'm kind of done with this." And 
I don't know. It just it wasn't for me. It wasn't my style. It looked like it was so much fun. It did. It yeah. looked like the drivers were having a blast with it. Um, you can't tell me that the fans in the stands weren't having a blast with it. Because if you were, I was there. I've seen those races before in person. Uh, I think it was 2010. I think Clint Boyer won in 2010 at Talladega. Yeah. And I was there to watch that one because I was in that suite uh, with Aaron's back then in 2010. And I think it was a 2010 fall Talladega race. Mm -hmm. And that was so much fun because they were just, they were all over the place. You didn't know what was going to happen next. Like who's going to lead these guys in 15th, 15th and 16th. They're going to just hook up and they're going to pass everybody here. And then in the lap and a half, well, these guys back here in 20th, they're going to hook up and they're going to pass everybody. It was just, it was so all over the place. It was so much fun to watch. But like I said, not everybody shares that opinion, but I personally, I love that way more than what we got now. But um, let's take a break real quick. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about the rest of uh, our show notes here. Yeah. We're going to go through the uh, fancy cup a little bit. Just, just kind of really go through everything. And um, before, uh, before that, I want to talk about skinnymixes.com. If you guys would please go check those, check, check the site out. It's, Full of uh, sugar-free syrups for cocktails and mocktails and coffees, all sorts of flavors, seasonal. Right now, a big fall thing is happening with a bunch of different pumpkin flavors. Um, I think I just saw there was a candy apple uh, witch's brew margarita mix that just got released today. I'm getting that. Say that absolutely fast. Uh, no. Uh, you have a little rewind thing that rewinds at 15 or 30 seconds. Just go back and... Uh, just see what I said, but sounds like that witch's brew um, energy drink that they're all talking about with Alani that I can't find. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely getting that. If you guys go to the site, I promise you, you're going to find something that you like that you're interested in. Go ahead, pick it up, go to uh, the checkout, use the code marbles and you'll get 10% off your first order. At skinnymixes.com, use marbles at checkout, get 10% off your store. The following announcement has been paid for by the Pulling Up a Chair podcast. Tim here, host of the Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shop podcast. If you're a fan of wrestling figures and the artists that take them to the next level, then I've got a favor to ask of you. Come check out my podcast, Pulling Up a Chair. Each episode, I sit down and talk to figure customizers, figure photographers, set builders, figure collectors, podcasters, and even pro wrestlers. Just search out Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shot wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope you'll join me next time right here on Pulling Up a Chair. Hey, we're live, pal, and we'd love for you to come check out our podcast, Tales from the Estate. Each week, we talk about our top five favorite somethings. My beautiful wife, Caitlin, likes to share all sorts of random facts. Yeah. Did you know that cows have accents? We did now. But we also review all sorts of snacks and other great things. And so if you love everything random, I think you'd enjoy Tales from the Estate. So come check us out. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Bye.
Hi, I'm AJ. I'm Tyler. And I'm Ryan. And we're Three Brews Podcast. We're a show where us three brothers sit down to talk about brews and everything else. Check out our website, threebrewspodcast.com, and follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. All right, man. What else we got for our news? Man, we got a first ever happening next season, 2024. Uh, NASCAR Cup Series will, for the first time ever, will be racing at Iowa Speedway. Well, you just want to kind of lump that in with the whole schedule? Yeah, I just wanted to. Yeah, Yeah, because that is the deal. Like, I mean, that's the very first time it's happening. So, like, the trucks the trucks and Xfinity have raced there before, right? Just not the Cup. Yes. I didn't realize the Cup didn't race there. Yeah. How about that? I'm really excited because it takes me, uh, well, I don't know. I think that's Gateway I'm thinking of. But uh, I, am, as long as it doesn't sell out anytime soon, I told Jessica that we are 100% going to that race. Um, I well, wanted to what go. Is it? is it a mile long? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I think it's, well, it could it's be. It's not a mile and a half. It's a little shorter than that. I was going to say, I think it's shorter than a mile. But I'm not. That could be a true story I just made up. <laughs> it's roughly a mile. It's either a mile or a little under, but it's it's not a mile and a half cookie cutter. It's a seven it's, eighth mile. How it's a Richmond size track. Yeah. How about that? I feel like it raced a little differently than Richmond. I felt like it raced faster. Yeah. Maybe maybe it has higher banks. I don't know. It's but it, it's interesting because it, the capacity of Iowa Speedway is thirty thousand, which I think would be totally fine uh mm-hmm. it costs 70 million to construct i thought that was kind of funny um but i don't know why i thought that was funny but in the middle of I, iowa i sure did uh it's 30 minutes uh east i'm sorry 30 miles east of des moines uh so that's pretty interesting i'm very excited to go there hopefully uh everything can work out the way it's supposed to and i will be there i don't think the s is pronounced in des moines Oh, well, you're probably right. I don't just give it just, just, you know, the more, you know, right. Des Moines. <laughs> no, it's like, yeah. <laughs> well, I know Illinois. Like Arkansas. Not... <laughs> yeah. Well, that we all associate <laughs> with them people, man. <laughs> that's I actually believe that's, uh, that's against the law in Arkansas to pronounce it Arkansas. <laughs> I actually think there is a law in the books that says it's against the law to do that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't. And it's funny because like <laughs> I love my job. I love working at Walmart, and our headquarters is based out of Arkansas. So um, it's funny that we don't associate with those ones. I think Arkansas doesn't have a racetrack. Isn't that weird? Uh, I'm sure they do. Like short track. They don't have a NASCAR sure. track. Oh no, not not NASCAR. But I've never known a NASCAR track in Arkansas. I, that is strange. It's right here in the middle of the South. How about Montana? Wyoming? Or Louisiana. Louisiana? Is that a yeah. state? I thought that was a city. No. Louisiana's Louisiana? a state. Louisiana? New Orleans that's... is a city. No, no, no. no that's, you're talking about Louisville. Uh, no. I thought Louisiana, Kentucky was... I don't... I've never heard of Louisiana. I'm talking about the state. Louisiana. Louisiana? Wait. Wait a minute. Louisiana is a state? I think you're talking about Louisville, Kentucky. Yes. Louisiana is a state. That's where New Orleans is. That's where I went to leave on the cruise. Oh my! Because oh it's literally goodness. three hours. New Orleans is literally three hours down the road. Are you are you telling me it's not Louisiana, Kentucky? 
Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what that's I'm not talking. a city and a state. Um, if if there is a Louisiana, Kentucky, I've never heard of it in my life. Oh my goodness! Why why does this happen to me, dude? <laughs> Anyways, we uh, geography with Ethan. Louisiana is not a it's it's a state. That's I wow. Twenty nine years, I always thought it was a city. Um, that's that's where zebras are from. Oh, I don't even want to talk about them dang things, bro. They probably do live in Louisiana with the alligators and the eels and the seals and whatever else. Plenty of alligators in Louisiana, believe me. Uh, So to change the subject, uh, the 2024 NASCAR Cup Series, Xfinity, and Truck Series schedule came out. We're not going over the truck and Xfinity. Yes, Uh, please not. (laughs) <laughs> Our main focus is Cup Series, so really fast, and I'm going to just speed through it, so good luck. Um, first off, we're going to start the season with the Clash at the LA uh, Memorial Coliseum. That's not a point race. Neither is the duels. At, hey, uh, I'm going to stop you occasionally as you're going through just to talk real quick. Yeah, sure. Like okay. a little note. All right, go. Go for it. Uh, the Clash is not a point race. Uh, the duels is not a, a point race that's just kind of set the field for the Daytona 500. Obviously, the Daytona 500 is the start of the season, a point race. The Super Bowl starts off our season uh, February 18th. After Daytona 500, it goes Atlanta. Okay. What do you feel about two plate-style races back-to-back like that? Um. Well, I don't consider Atlanta a plate race. Um, I, I don't either, but they race it that way. Yeah. They manufacture it that way. How do you how do you feel about that being back to back? I'm all right. Same style. Uh, I'm all right with it. I'm all right with it. I, I guess it's the same as having mile and a half back to back, but you know, still. I Atlanta is one of the. I will have a little bit different opinion on the second Atlanta race when we get there. Um, it goes Daytona 500, Atlanta, Las Vegas, Phoenix. Bristol, um, not Bristol dirt. This is Bristol Ew. pavement, and that's happening on March seventeenth. Uh, after Bristol goes Coda, Richmond, Martinsville, Texas, which I will try my best to go to that race. Uh, after Texas, it's your neck of the woods, uh, Talladega. Oh, I, I thought you wanted me to stop after that. Nah, I, gonna- I'll I'll mention. I have a few of them I want to mention okay. as far as like what I might be able to attend. So go ahead. I'll, I'll okay. hit that again. So is that one that you're not planning on? No, I, I, I'll mention it all at the end. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I got you. So it goes Texas, uh, Talladega, Dover, Kansas. Obviously, I'm going to go to that one. Darlington, the all-star race is back in North Wilkesboro. And that that's is cool. Also, yeah, that's also not a point race. So, yep. Uh, after that, we go to Coke 600 at Charlotte Motor Speedway. After that, Gateway, which is one that I'm going to try to go to. Um, last time, I had an opportunity to go, but I didn't, and Kyle Busch won. So, definitely not leaving that one off. <laughs> uh, after Gateway, oh, I'm so mad about that, dude. Oh, my goodness. I'm so mad about that. Uh, Gateway, Sonoma, Iowa, which is what we just spoke about. Uh, I will try my best to go to that one. New Hampshire, Nashville, Chicago Street Race is coming back. Pocono, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the Brickyard 400, uh, back on the oval where it's supposed to be. Very excited about that. Richmond, Michigan, Daytona, 
And to round out the uh, po or pre not preseason, what, what they call regular it? season, regular, regular season. season. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, to uh, you know, to the regular season finale is going to be at Darlington. So the regular season finale will have a little more levity to it, mm. a little more calmness in a way. Like Darlington isn't one of those tracks that's like you know completely safe. You know, there is some crazy stuff that can happen at Darlington. Obviously, that is a very hard racetrack, yes. but a lot of everything is in your control. Daytona, nothing's in your control. <laughs> Unless you're the leader, even then, it's not always in your control. Yeah. So do you like that better, having a track that's that's difficult, but not as chaotic as Daytona as your final race going into the playoffs? No. I you don't? You like the chaos? I like the chaos. <laughs> and then it seems like... Um, Having Darlington be the first race of the the playoffs, it just if it's it, the last race, isn't it? It's the last race of the regular season. Well, uh, this oh, you come out before. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. So having uh, you know the season finale season the regular season finale at Daytona was perfect. I thought, um, and then Darlington was a perfect way to start off the playoffs, in my opinion. Um, so it's going to be a little bit different. I think they're going to build it up pretty well to have darlington have their own little identity in that in that aspect so i'm excited to kind of see but the bristol night race which we have not gotten to yet is going to be the throwback weekend not darlington yeah i thought i saw something about that i don't like that i don't know how i feel about that either but yeah, i don't like be... that at all i can tell you that straight up i, I saw I saw where they had a Bristol had a picture of the night race and had a uh, an old Kyle Petty car. Yeah, on on track with it, and I'm like, I, I don't know. It just the, yeah. the setting fits. The setting fits Wilkesboro. The setting fits mm -hmm. um, Darlington. It doesn't fit Bristol. Bristol is completely different than the throwback that they're they're going to now. That Bristol is its own thing in a modern era. Yeah. Darlington still looks old. Wilkesboro still looks old. You know, you're not changing these tracks. These tracks are old. They are vintage. They are classic tracks. Yeah. But Bristol doesn't look classic. Bristol looks like a car's movie. Mm -hmm. The only uh, cool thing that I can foresee this being a good thing about is we might see some throwback Kyle Bush cars which i'm pretty excited about yeah he's about getting old enough for that isn't he he sure is don't remind me of that <laughs> um so moving forward yes uh darlington will be the uh, se uh regular season finale and then we enter the playoffs so the round of 16 looks like this we're going to go atlanta uh Watkins Glen, and then the bristol night race for the round of 16 I like all three of those in that round. All that the entire round is going to be exciting. Yeah, I, I mean, don't, uh, I don't know about Atlanta being the very first one. That's yeah, that's interesting. But you can't say that those three. Me personally, I like Watkins Glen. That's my favorite road course. So you can't say that those three races aren't going to be fun to watch. Oh yeah, for sure. That would be fun to watch. I'm not yeah. sure. Like, I just, I'm, I don't know. Darlington just seems like a playoff race. I feel like, but that's all right. I agree. Um, I agree. 
Round of 16, Atlanta, Watkins Glen, Bristol. Uh, round of 12 is going to go Kansas, Talladega, and the Charlotte Roval will be back in 2024, even though there was rumors that it was going away. Um, the Roval's at least back for 2024. I'm excited to see that. I think it's uh, I think it's good to have the Roval um, because I think it gives a, a better identity to the Coke 600, even though the 600-mile race has its own identity. Um, you don't have to have a 600-mile race. You can have a 400-mile race for the second Instead of the Charlotte mm-hmm. Roval, you know, you don't have to have two 600 mile races. Why would you do I that? I think, I think what they should do, they should run 200 miles on the oval and then like cut it in half and oh, run the, run the rest of it. <laughs> it would be, <laughs> golly, dude, that would be. So uh, caution after stage two, stage three is on the roval. <laughs> and you know what? about that thought is like they could probably make that happen oh yeah they could make that happen 100 they could you know um yeah so round of 12 kansas talladega charlotte roval the round of eight um i don't think this is gonna be interesting at all it's the same schedule we've had for the round of eight for the last i think two years uh round of eight las vegas miami homestead homestead miami um martinsville i like homestead though I, I like the racetrack. I just mm-hmm. I wish it was championship race. I do too. I, I think that's a better championship race. For sure. I, I do too. I feel I feel, I think they should swap that in Phoenix. Yeah. Obviously, um the final race of the season where we will declare who the NASCAR Cup Series champion is of twenty twenty four will be decided at Phoenix on November tenth. And then we will enter our two month long depression knowing as the <laughs> off season. So I'm looking at my work schedule and where this year, nothing lined up on my off weekends. Cause I get every other weekend off. Yeah. Nothing lined up. I couldn't go to any Talladega races. Atlanta's only four hours away from me. I couldn't go to Atlanta. I couldn't do anything right next year. I haven't been able to check the last Talladega race, but there are three races two two at Atlanta and one at Talladega that, or on my off weekends. Mm. So I could theoretically go to the second race of the season in Atlanta. I could theoretically go in April to Talladega and like spend the weekend up there too, you know, like, because I'll, I'll, it's only four hours away each, each way, each track is, you know? So I could go up there and watch a Saturday race and then watch the Sunday race and, you know, come back that evening and go to work next morning. Yeah. I could do that. And first race of the playoffs, I could go do that one too because I'm off that weekend. So I might go to my first Atlanta race next year. Heck yeah, man. Let's do it. I've never I've never been. So I've I've only been I've only been for a Monster Jam show, which is incredible. Oh my gosh. It was incredible. When you're sitting up there in the stands, you're like, you can see this entire track. I am not used to that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm only used to Daytona and Talladega, mostly Talladega. It's like, yeah. you can't, you can at least see most of Daytona. It's way off, but you can see the back straightaway. Talladega, you can't see the back straightaway. You got to be sitting pretty high. You know? So at Atlanta, you can see everything. I was like, man, there's not a bad seat in, this, in the house over here. Imagine yeah. Talladega and Daytona just like shrunk a mile shorter. <laughs> yeah. Just, 
I am going to try to do that. One of those two Atlanta races, I hope it'll be the second one because of weather. Mm. Um, it'd be nice and cool. Won't be hot. It might be too cold, honestly, in Atlanta. Atlanta can get cold. But, I mean, it was one year in March. It went at 93 or I think 93, 94. I think it was 94. They, it snowed them out. Yeah. And they had to come back a couple weeks later. <laughs> yeah. I know uh, 2024, I'm going to try really hard to go to at least five races. So both Kansas races, um, Texas, uh, Gateway, and Iowa. I One of these days, I just I have to get down to Coda, and I think I'm going to do the exact thing that... Hey, you got to get to Talladega. I do. I, I definitely... That's on the bucket list. Um, I think Coda is going to be a little bit different. I think I'm going to take your approach that you did when Chase Elliott won at uh Talladega and instead of getting like a grandstand ticket like obviously I'm going to have to get one of those but I'm going to get a pre-race ticket and just set in victory lane all day and watch the race from the hopefully they have a big screen there and then when it comes to you know whoever wins just be there in victory lane and kind of just watch that celebration um however that works because there's no way I mean what's the point of going to a road course if you only see a section of a lap. You know what I mean? So that's, what's neat about the Roval though. Yes. Like the Roval, the, the concept of the Roval is the fact that everybody can see everything. Yes. And that's cool. I, I, I like that aspect about the Roval, which is coming up this weekend, by the way. Yes. And I'm very excited. Yeah. I, Hey, you know, as many, as much as people actually don't say they don't like this race, it is legit the craziest, wildest road courses they go to. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, no complaints about it at all. I'm not mad that it's coming back next year. I understand a bunch of people want another Charlotte race. But dang, you got 600 miles of Charlotte. Right. <laughs> There's some tracks that don't even get 600 miles in, you know, two races. I mean, how many yeah. times do they go to New Hampshire next year? Uh, actually... You know Is what? It just I, once or twice? I didn't even see that on the list, did I? Oh, it was. It was up there by Nashville. Oh, yeah. It was uh, just once. Just once, 300 miles. They get 300 miles in New Hampshire next year. Oh, my. And they used to have two races there, 600 miles. And two races, you got what you get out of Charlotte. Quit complaining about not getting enough Charlotte. You're getting 600 miles on yeah. the biggest day in racing in America. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. Quit complaining. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So before we get into the play, uh, the uh, fantasy cup really fast, I totally did not put this in our show notes. Um, Lionel Racing announced uh, wave two of their uh, winner circle raced win line. Did you catch that? I think I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I, I did the, the 164 scales. Yes, the Target exclusives. Yes. The so, only one I want is Ross Chastain. So I'm going to run through them really <laughs> super fast. Um, Corey Heim, 2022 Atlanta win. I definitely want that one. Um, Ty Gibbs, 2022 Atlanta win. I definitely want that one. William Byron, 2022 Atlanta win. I can pass on that one. Uh, Zane Smith, 2022 Coda win, which is where he pretty much lit his truck on fire. If I That's right. believe they got to show a detailed version of that truck. I want to see how detailed they're getting. These little yeah. $7 target cars. Yeah, that's going to be a very interesting one to pick up. Uh, AJ Allmendinger, 2022 Coda win. 
Ross Chastain, 2022 Coda win. First win. Yes, I'm very excited about that. I'm not going to pick that one up, but, you know, um, you you can. <laughs> uh, Denny Hamlin, 2022 Richmond win. And rounding it out, uh, William Byron, 2022 Martinsville truck win. So, have you have you gotten any of the, these yet? No, I don't. Uh, my closest target is like an hour and a half away. So, so I have never seen these before. I saw the first set. And... I got the Austin Cindric Daytona 500 win because that was our very first fantasy cup thing before we even had mm-hmm. the podcast rolling yet. And I picked him and we won. Yeah. I won. So yeah. that was the most amazing, still the best pick in all of, you know, in the Marvel's fantasy cup history. Right. Yeah. You're not going to top that one. Ever. <clears throat> Nobody's going to top that. Nobody a rookie winning the Daytona 500 and you pick him out the gate in the very first race. You're not <laughs> yeah. going to top that. Um, but I got that car and it comes on a really cool little victory lane, you know, base and in yeah. the little car that slides into the back, kind of old school, kind of like the way it was. The cars are real flimsy, but yeah, it, it's, it's the way it was when, when I was collecting, when I was a kid, when I had these little cars and stuff, they all came with little racing champions, black bases with the real thick cardboard, mm-hmm. you know, thing display yeah, yeah, car yeah. behind it. But these are screwed into the base. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, they're screwed in like the like the elites that you buy. Like when they come in and they got that base and they're all screwed in. You, you mean you can you can screw them, you know, and have them roll any way you want to and stuff like that. But huh? Yeah, these little one sixty four scale cars they're screwed into the base, man. Really? Isn't that interesting? That is very interesting. I don't I, like it. I yeah I uh, I know somebody slipped up and showed pictures of uh, one of the cars in wave three, which is going to be the All Star Texas Race Win Ryan Blaney from 2022. I was there, so I'm probably going to have to get two of those, um, just for one to open and set next to the 124 scale, and then one to hang up on the wall. Um, but yeah, dude, I that's uh, wild. By dude. the way, they're clamshells, so you don't destroy any packaging when you open them. Oh, I will be, but no, you won't. I'm saying they'll pop open. Oh, you can take your car out, display it, save the package, and when you want to hang on the wall, you just put the car back in, clamp, you know, put the little clamshell back together. Yeah, you don't rip any papers. See, I normally take a pocket knife to them. You don't I need that. Well, I I can't ever open them, but. You won't have. You can open these. I promise. So okay. They're they're easy. Okay. I think all it is is a piece of tape. Oh, okay. Cool. Just cut the tape and it pops open, and the whole paper backing will come out if you want it to. But like, it's like the old Winter Circle cars, hmm. like not Winter Circle, but the old action cars uh, in the early two thousands. Yeah. Um. When you you could uh you could buy them off of the catalogs and stuff like that, they would they would come like. And this little, it's exactly the same thing. There, the back pops open, they fold completely out, and you can take the car out and display it. And you want to put it back in, you just stuff everything back in, and you just, you know, snap the case back together and hang it up on the wall. It's the exact same things, except they're screwed into the base for some reason. Well, heck yeah, man. Um, Well, that might change my opinion. Maybe I'll just get one. I don't know. Um, it, it depends if I want to make the drive, the two hour drive to try to you know, find these things, uh, which I, well, I mean, I'm, send I'm me a text to which ones you want. And if I do see them when they come out, even in this way here, uh, let me know. 
because okay, I'm yeah. occasionally around targets and stuff like that. I have three different cities that are 45 minutes away in different directions that my targets are at. So just let, shoot me a text and I'll, I'll keep an eye out for you. Yeah, I appreciate it. I definitely mm-hmm. will. And speaking of raced wins, man, our fantasy cup. My goodness, the cool thing about Darling, uh, Darlington, uh, Talladega is that it's a double point race, which could be yeah. detrimental or it could be massively uh, advantage for a lot of people and for it Justin. Detrimental to everybody except the points leader. <laughs> oh my goodness. The and one, the call, and the good, but. Yeah, the uh, the last kind of the last true massive opportunity that anybody had mm-hmm. to kind of hope that Justin would <laughs> have a slight hiccup um, did not happen. Justin unbelievably uh, scored his fifth win at a double point race. Max, um, it's one hundred points. One hundred points. Uh, Nicole, she got her uh, win, her fourth win of the season, which is just. <laughs> unbelievable uh that i'm even saying that she was hanging out in the top you know 14th 15th or you know where i am for we swapped a majority of the season and now she is top three yeah we with swapped. four wins that's what it is unbelievable we, we just swapped i started she started picking for me i started picking for her yeah so she's <laughs> yeah. up there in third and i'm you know back there where she was now but i'm ahead also <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also congratulations to uh, Billy, mm-hmm. who got his fourth win of the season, uh, max points as well. Um, yeah, man, uh, Billy actually ended up winning the the drawing uh, for Justin, which is so funny because Justin is purchasing the the T-shirt and getting it sent out to Billy and everything. And he, I mean, it was so wild that Justin won the race but then he told me, hey, take my name out of it. I don't want I don't want in the drawing. And it came down to, to Nicole and, and uh, Billy. And I texted Billy and I was like, hey, man, you won. And he's like, oh, I don't feel like it. And I'm like, well, uh, what did I did I do something wrong? Like, <laughs> I don't know. And he was uh, actually in the process of playing baseball and um, <laughs> like a league or something. And I guess he blew out his knee just Good moments Lord. before I texted him. Um, thankfully, I think he texted me and saying it was just a hyperextended knee problem, mm. uh, which uh, better than what I thought, like better than what he thought. He he was in a lot of pain there for <laughs> a few minutes. So I was like, I felt really bad because I was like, oh no, man, that's not good. Hey, um, real fast, uh, what size of shirt do you wear? What's your <laughs> full address? But man, I just want you to keep on telling me about this knee problem. Like, is there anything I can do? Just but like I need a zip code too. You know what? <laughs> it was a really weird conversation, but, um, but he went to the hospital and he got checked out and he found, figured out it wasn't as serious as what he thought. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Billy, yeah. I'm sorry, man. Uh, but congratulations on the new shirt. And he did decide, uh, I asked him what design he wanted. He did go with the, uh, Heather gray Allison design. So he said he oh. wanted to rep the, the show. So, uh, cool there, but the uh, let's go down the the points really fast. Then we uh, got uh, hang on real quick, uh, Justin. You are literally what, how many races do we have left now? Uh, five? five. Yeah, you are five races away from getting this trophy. Yeah, it is in a box in my other house. Actually, I didn't know. I didn't. I've never moved it over to the new house. So it's in the other house in a box. 
ready to just be, I'll, I'll go, I'll go back over it. I'll take it out and I'll make sure all the little screws are tightened up on it and all that. Make sure it's not going to get, you know, loose and shipping and all that because trophies, they tend to do that. Screws get loose over time. They just, that's how it works. I, I know I've had plenty of these old, you know, dirt track trophies and stuff. I'll make sure all that's fine. You are five races away, man. Don't mess it up now. <laughs> Which puts a lot of pressure on me too. And so last <laughs> week, man, I was saying, I was like, man, like all these drivers for some reason, timing and scoring glitched out, whatever. And I said, you know what? I'm going to start doing it on Monday just to make sure that that never happens again. Well, of course my worst nightmare happens and I get stuck at work. So Monday was terrible. Monday was horrible because I was working an hour and a half away uh, like an hour and 45 minutes away at a different Walmart store. And the whole day I was like, Oh my gosh, man. Cause I did a 14 hour day and I was sitting there. I was like, my goodness, dude, like I am just a nervous wreck. Like I felt like everybody was waiting for me. I felt like all day I was felt super rushed. Like I need to hurry up and just do what I need to do and get home fast. Like I went 85 all the way home just because I, I felt like I was in be, like not being rushed, but I felt like I needed to be in a rush. So I got home. I immediately sat down, grabbed my laptop, grabbed the notebook, and I just started doing points and stuff. And I was in such a such a rush that I made a, a massive mistake on Tim's uh, points where in the history book, I wrote down everything. I gave him his 78 points that he earned for Talladega, but I did not, <laughs> I did not update it off my, on my phone. So the uh, update that I put on the fantasy cup, um, Facebook group has Tim like under, I think like under Caitlin, Caitlin chose Brad Kozlowski who I picked and she, uh, he finished 32nd, but Tim had a top five and I had mm -hmm. him listed under Caitlin, um, after you know he scored 78 points. So um, if you compare the post Talladega to the Thursday post, you're going to see that uh, Tim is not in 15th or 14th or wherever I had him in. He's revised. Actually, yeah, he the is. Points are the points will be revised on the Thursday post. Yes, he will be setting in 11th. So really fast, let me run down these um, real fast, and then we can get into our top five. Uh, Justin, in the lead, he extended his lead to 97 points over Matt in second. Nicole took over third, only 109 points back. Drew is fourth. RJ, man, RJ, up to fifth. Rock, sixth. Billy, with that win, seventh. John is eighth. Jessica, my goodness, you did not want to be in my house that day. She made, <laughs> she landed 90 points and she was ecstatic. And then I told her, Hey, Kevin Harvick got caught cheating and he's going to finish dead last. So her 90 point day went all the way down to a 20 point day and she was not happy about it. Jessica went from fifth to ninth in the points. I told her, Hey, welcome to the neighborhood. I've been here for a little while. Um, Josh is in top 10. He is 10th. Uh, like I said, Tim is 11th. Soda, you are 12th. I am 13th. Caitlin, how you doing? This is a great place you have. Uh, 14th. Joe is 15th. Jody, the Canadian, is 16th. And Ryan is 17th. And you know why Ryan's 17th? is because he deserves it. You know what he was telling me before we jumped on to record today? Is that uh, he doesn't like Darlington. Well, I can see some like 
maybe some newer fans not liking Darlington. But yeah, that's a bad opinion. <laughs> He's wrong. Yeah, <laughs> dang right he is. He's wrong. Uh, no, it's it's all in good fun. Uh, I've but I I have never heard anybody say that they didn't like Darlington. So that was a very uh, interesting take. But looking forward to uh, the Roval. How about your top five tales to watch for this weekend? With no prep. No prep. <laughs> Do you have any honorable mentions? <clears throat> I don't even have a top five yet. Give me a minute. Sweet. Okay. Well, then I'll give you a few more minutes. Uh, I'll do my honorable mentions real fast. Uh, first, I have a, just like last week, and this might be my honorable mention every single week uh, Void Pit Road Woes. Uh, we saw it last week with uh, Zane Smith in the truck series. Man, I don't think it's going to be as, you know, um, hard to get onto Pit Road for the Roval because, I mean, it's coming out of turn four. Um, you're not all the way up to speed anyways, so you might wheel lock a little bit. You might spin the back tires. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be that big of a problem, but you cannot afford, especially with five braces left, you cannot afford, if you're a playoff driver, to be beating on pit road, loose wheels, bad pit stops. You have to avoid it at all costs. Uh, also, my number one um, honorable mention is turn one. They used to call it the heartburn turn for a reason. Um, Expect a lot of drivers going headfirst into that wall. That was um, going to be my number five. I watched <laughs> turn one. Absolutely. Yeah. That was the first thing I thought of. Yeah, the I mean it's a it's an absolute. Um, it's a it's not necessarily a deal breaker because we saw Chase Elliott go straight headfirst, nose first into that wall, and then go all the way to the back of the field and somehow climbed his way all the way back up to the lead and ended up winning that race um, where he went and did the burnout in the exact same spot that he went nose first earlier in this, in the race. So uh, turn one, definitely, definitely, definitely watch out for. Um, turn one was going to be in my number five. I got a number four. All right. Wait. Um, I did, but I just lost it. Well, then let me go, go do my it. number five. Real go for it. I just lost my number four. <laughs> So uh, from least to greatest, my number five, Ryan Blaney, uh, first ever winner of, yeah, first ever winner of the Charlotte Roval, what, four years ago. Uh, I did not put him in my top five last week, and he ended up winning. I'm not going to make that same mistake again. Uh, the man has momentum. He knows how to get it done at Roval. He knows how to get it done last week. He has a lot of momentum on his side. He's already locked in to the round of eight. He's has no stress, no worries. So watch out for that number 12. Go ahead. What's your number four? I have completely right. lost my number four. Number I four. Uh, I'm going with Kyle Busch. And that number eight car, man, he's in a must-win situation. He admitted it on social media earlier this uh, earlier today, I believe. Uh, he is in an absolute must-win situation. 27 points back, I believe. Um, desperate. Kyle Busch, man, he can he can you know win any sort of race at any given time um especially when all the cards are on the table but i don't know man like it seems like in must win situations here in the last couple of years he has not been able to turn things around but i promise you if you corner a desperate kyle bush he's not gonna just go down without a fight he's gonna mm -hmm. swing at you and he's gonna break your nose just like matt crafton and, and nick sanchez so watch out for that number eight my number four is uh, the stage cautions are back. Yes. 
they are uh it's completely different than every other road course all year long and this is the most chaotic road course yeah so we are guaranteed at least three uh complete starts restarts double file starts going into that first turn in this race so that's that's a game changer because that will complete i guarantee that will completely ruin a couple of people's day it's 100 i'm right there with you for that for sure uh my number three do you want to do your number four or did that you was just, number four that was your number, number five to me was uh turn one that's right okay uh, number three for me is Kyle Larson. Um, for some reason, he's he's an exceptional uh, road course driver. For some reason here lately, he's not been getting it done. Uh, but leave it to Kyle Larson to snap any sort of losing streak at any given moment. He's a, definitely a Kyle Busch type of driver. Um, you know, I don't, I don't really foresee him making much noise this weekend. Uh, but... You know, I'm sure Kyle Larson is that driver that can just pull a win out of his hat at any given second. So watch out for the number five. My number three, I think, is going to be non-playoff drivers, specifically somebody like Michael McDowell. Mm. Probably playing spoiler a little bit with it. Um, I don't, I don't, maybe I don't really know who else could maybe chase Elliott, maybe chase Elliott could do something because he is not bad at this track by any means. Uh, he's not really, doesn't really seem like he's done much with road courses and this new car, but he does have a runner up at Indy to Michael McDowell. So those two non playoff drivers, they're going to try to play spoiler this weekend. I, I feel like you should watch them. Oh, well, I mean, you took pretty much the words right out of my mouth. And my number two is Chase Elliott. And the, the note I put next to him is he's a very good road racer, uh, but not necessarily with the next gen car. Mm-hmm. Um, but Chase Elliott kind of labeled with the Kyle Larson and the Kyle Bush. I mean, Chase Elliott, especially on the Roval, he can get it done. He knows how to. I was just talking about it, you know, when he re- went, hit, went net. My goodness. <laughs> rewind uh went head first head first nose first into turn one the heartburn turn came back to win that race um that number nine is going to be a factor and uh let's not forget about the time that he intimidated kevin harvick into a mistake in turn one as well um he knows how to get he knows how to get it done like Mm -hmm. chase elliott could absolutely go in there win this race and if you think that he doesn't have anything to race for because he's not in the championship the driver points he is setting fourth in the owners championship and that is massive for these owners so i can assure you chase elliott is going to do everything he can to win to try to win or finish as high as he can in the in the owners championship as well that's your uh number three that was my number two number two my number two is probably going to be the chicanes because they're weird. I don't know why NASCAR. I mean, I guess I know why. They just want to slow the cars down. But I don't know why NASCAR likes to put two chicanes in their their Roval-style road courses. None of the other series do it. Like, only the stock NASCAR stock car series do it. Like, you never see IMSA with an extra chicane at Daytona. Yeah. But they always put a chicane on the back straightaway. 
and they put a chicane uh, coming into the trioval at these tracks. The one at the trioval is so awkward and weird, and apparently they're using that chicane for restarts and caution laps this year. Yes, because the restart zone is actually in that chicane. Yeah, it's it's going to be bonkers. It's going to be completely weird. The when they first made this track, that chicane on the back straightaway was a complete, you know, cluster anyway. There was people launching off of it and stuff. So, I mean, they fixed that since, but you still run through there as wide open as you possibly can. And it's always something happening. Yeah. With through those chicanes because NASCAR drivers just aren't used to things like that. So, you know, when that, something like that pops up, it just completely changes everything. So, that's something I always look at with this track here is the chicanes on the back straightaway and uh, coming to the start finish line. Yeah, a lot of wheel spin you mm-hmm. can expect as well. Uh, my number one, there's a reason he's my number one because he's also going to be my pick for the Fantasy Cup this season, uh, this weekend at the Roval. Got to watch out for him. Defending race winner, my first ever in the Marbles Fantasy Cup win. Uh, I got the diecast. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Christopher Bell. You have to watch out for him. He's the last winner. He's good at road courses. He needs a win. He needs to switch this momentum. Um, he, you know, for the playoffs, he's not, he's in the danger zone. He's not necessarily, a, you know, uh, on the mm-hmm. bubble. Yeah. But he's definitely he should be nervous. He absolutely should be nervous. But you know what? He was nervous coming into this race last week, uh, last season as well. He ended up winning it. He was also walking into Martinsville with a must-win situation, and he ended up winning it. The kid knows how to get it done under pressure, and I'm really excited for that. He's going to be my pick, and he is my number one to watch out for this weekend. I think my number one is going to be Toyota. I think. A Toyota is going to be the one that takes it. You got Bell. It's going to be either Bell, Reddick, maybe even a long shot who knows how to get it done on a Roval style racetrack, Ty Gibbs. Oh, yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. I mean, he's solid whenever he doesn't have a problem, like whenever he doesn't wreck out or, you know, gets yeah. caught up in something. He's solid. He's a solid top 10 guy. Mm-hmm. And, he won the very first Daytona road course race, you know, in Xfinity, I believe is when it was, but he won that. That was, I think one of his first or second Xfinity race ever. That was his first ever. His first. Yeah. I mean, he's solid on road courses. He's in great equipment because I mean, it's Gibbs mm-hmm. and I just, I feel like he's a sleeper to watch Toyota. I think it's going to win, but specifically I think a sleeper is going to be Gibbs. Yeah, and uh, a little sprinkle on top. This is going to be a prize race. So the winner of this race will receive a 2021 Ryan Priest NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series race win, Nashville 124 scale die cast, and the 2021 uh, NASCAR Authentics 164 scale Ryan Priest Hunt Brothers Pizza. So it's not the exact same. It's not like from the exact same event. It's the NASCAR, uh, it's the standard mm-hmm. version. So it's not race version for the pre race. And after race. 
Exactly. Yes, that's a great way. So the 124 scale is the raced version. So the way it looked like in Victory Lane, but the smaller 164 scale is what uh, is what it looked like before the race. 100 percent. Yeah. When they rolled it out the truck. Yeah. So I want to thank Josh J for the donation on that one. Um, he's been he's been just awesome, awesome all season long. Um, had well since the playoffs. He's kind of loaded me up with some donations and stuff so i want to thank him obviously if there are more than one winner uh, the winner's names will be placed in a hat and a random name will be selected as the overall winner so yeah uh before we close the show also we didn't mention it but riley hurts man did you did you see the end of that race did you see like pretty much the whole race have you gone back and been able to see some of it how uh, riley hurst uh performed in the cup race at Talladega? No. Oh, he stayed up front all day long. He finished ninth. I saw yeah, that. Because he was in a big crash. He was pushing Harvick to the win at the end and got caught up in that crash. Oh, at the really? very end of it. He ran second or third or led nearly that entire race. <laughs> what? Yes. He, I swear, he was up there. The only time that he wasn't up there is when somebody, I think it was Denny Hamlin specifically one time where Denny Hamlin would like come up to him. and was like, Oh, you're a rookie. He shuffled him to the back, mm. you know, got underneath him and just pushed him to the back. Cause the outside line didn't always work. Yeah. But he Which, got shuffled out of line, but then 20, 30 laps later, where was he? He was back up front. Yeah. So, Which I mean, I mean is exactly what we said. Uh, that could happen in our top five, uh, last week for Talladega. So, Heck yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. Go, go back and really pay attention to Riley Hurts. He's uh, in a white monster uh, beast car. You know, like that beast uh, yeah. alcoholic drink they have, I think is what it is. He's, uh, I forget what his number is. I, it was, oh, 38? I forget. I think it was 38. It was one of those. 38, of those 36 things. or something like that. It might have been 36. Because 38 is Ty Dillon, right? Ooh. Or did he take over Ty Dillon's car in that race? I don't know. Um, I don't know either. He was, he was in one of them. <clears throat> he was in one of them. He finished up front a little further back than he ran because of the wreck. He was oh. right there at the wreck. You know, like he, he, crossed that, he crossed the finish line backwards. You know, he was where the wreck started. But... Go back and check it out. He was up front the entire race, like top two or three the entire race. No lie. But um, uh, if you ain't got anything else, I think we're gonna get on out of here, man. Yeah, man, I'm I'm ready. All right, let's go through the uh, podcast drafting partners real quick. Uh, want to shout out Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast and also uh, Side Project from Scott, who's on that show, Drunk Wrestling History. Uh, doing the favor is now on the three brews podcast. They have their own show. Uh, sometimes it's Eric. Sometimes it's Barry. I haven't heard them both yet. I wonder if they're both going to show up one episode. I hope so. That would be fun. But they do a lot of, uh, they also have a back catalog of doing the favor with their podcast, but on the three Bruce stuff, they do uh fancy football and NFL, things like that. Yeah. Uh, positively pro wrestling podcast. Uh, that's a really good retro look at, you know, various events and stuff like that. And they go through, uh, howling with the wolf with Jason Wolf and, uh, his amazing customs. Um, love all the stuff he does. And, uh, magic in the mouse is 
now kind of turned into anyone can cook. These are Disney World shows, one's YouTube, and I think anyone can cook has kind of turned into a podcast as well, where they go through and uh, they do have some Disney updates and news and stuff like that, but they also try to recreate Disney World recipes, which Disney World, I think I'm going to be there in about uh, six weeks. Oh, wow. There you so, go. How about that? Um, who you got, Ethan? Sounds good. Uh, yeah, we were talking about him earlier, uh, Brian Breaker with Bri- uh, Breaker and Brain's Power Hour. Hopefully, they'll be coming back soon, 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 and I feel like they probably are. Uh, Saturday Morning Rumble Wheel with Brian Breaker and Daniel Cross. TV Toycast with Brian Breaker and Jeff Toon filling in for Travis Fowler. Go listen to the archives. If you know it's fake, right? Soda and I both uh, guests on that show. Uh, it's on sabbatical, but go listen to No Holds Barred with Bill Benis. Uh, heard from him last week. Very exciting. Uh, Reffing it up with Brian Hebner, Stolen Gimmicks Pro Wrestling Podcast with Joe and Jordan. Uh, you heard their commercial earlier. Go check out Tales from the Estate with Drew and Caitlin Vinsel with cameos from Rocco and Cole. Absolutely adore that show. Um, one of my absolute favorites. And just like Tales from the Estate, you also heard Pulling Up a Chair with our friend Tim at a Chair Shots commercial as well. Go check that out. And you also heard the commercial for Three Brews Podcast with AJ, Ty, and Ryan. They just announced right before we started recording that there is not going to be a new episode this weekend uh, or this week, but they'll be back better than ever. Uh, I, You know what, man? The last two weeks have been miserable, and I, I, I need to be punished because... <laughs> Uh, for two weeks in a row, I forgot to put in my lineup. Uh, there is no excuse for that. I just, man, it's been, it has been busy, busy, busy. Um, I did not know that you could rearrange or uh, mm-hmm. swap out people for your stolen gimmicks. Um, fantasy football as well. So, but I heard that I won. I actually don't know. I was yeah, on a cruise. I, I couldn't. Uh... I, well, actually, no I, no, I wasn't on the cruise this past week, was I? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, um, yeah, I know I lost. That's all I care about. <laughs> yeah, our friend Greg, who uh, has entered himself in the 2024 in the Marbles Fantasy Cup, he reached out to me on, on X, and he was like, man, congratulations on your first ever fantasy football win. I'm like, I've won? That's <laughs> awesome. Um, but I will be uh, very much prepared for this weekend for the Three Brews podcast. Uh, hopefully, I have I have a lot of... Uh, I don't know if they do like point standings or how that goes, but um, obviously, I have a lot to make up for. So, yeah. Um, real quick, uh, I want to talk about a couple things. Uh, Jody messages me a lot on uh, Facebook, and uh, he, he always like give some real uh, good feedback, real uh, complimentary feedback. And I, I just want to say, I appreciate that. Absolutely. Uh, I don't usually talk about it a lot just because I, I'm usually too busy to really answer a whole lot of stuff or talk a whole lot when it comes to messenger and something like that. But um, he, he mentioned that he uh, enjoyed the top five. Yeah. So I told him that was all Ethan, man. That was all <laughs> Ethan. That's, that's all his idea right there. Um, but yeah, just just want to let you know it's not it's not unnoticed. It's not uh, being glossed over. We appreciate all the feedback from anybody, and um, Justin as well. He's been messaging me a lot on Twitter this week because he is in Disney. Oh, really? Yeah, he is. Uh, he did all the parks, and he's doing Universal, and he's asking me advice on Disney and stuff like that. And I was like, oh yeah, 
do this and do this. And I would do this first and I would go here and go here. I mean, I could just, I could ramble on forever about it. And then he's asking me, he's like, well, you got any tips on universal? I was like, Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing about universal. Never been there. Uh, I'd love to go one day, but you know, we can't usually do two weeks or so mm-hmm. because you kind of need to do seven, eight, nine days to do everything you want in Orlando. And we kind of just stick to Disney right now with the little kids. So, right. Um, and honestly, me and my wife, we like Disney better. So, uh, we're going to end up going, like I said, we're going to go back in November. Um, I think the idea is to go to the uh, Christmas party they have and to do an Epcot animal kingdom, Hollywood studios kind of day the next day. And, uh, for what I understand, he was doing a day for every park. And I hope I was able to help a little bit to kind of guide him through, but it doesn't sound like it was his first time. <clears throat> so from what I understand, he killed the parks. So that's oh, awesome. Heck yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> um, I want to thank everybody for listening to this week's show. Uh, please rate and review us and follow on all the social media platforms, uh, X and Instagram at in the marbles pod. You can also find us on Facebook and also the fantasy cup. It is on Facebook too. Once you join, you can join. We'll, we'll send you a link and you can join right into that if you want to. Yeah. Um, you can also email the show at in the marbles pod at gmail.com. Um, have you checked that lately? Uh, yeah, I check okay. it every day. Okay, I don't. Um, <laughs> I was like, do we have email? Yeah, we yeah, keep yeah. saying the email. Literally, um, <laughs> we have never once ever got an email. Ever, it's there, guys. Uh, in the marbles pod at gmail.com. I set it up for uh, like a secret a soda secret question, and everybody started putting putting their uh, secret questions on X where you could read it. So I was like, "All right, well, I'm not just." Uh, I went through a lot of trouble getting that email too, and just no one. Seventy seven episodes, and not one single email. So <laughs> no big deal. No, just yeah, waiting. I mean, whatever. You can get you can get a hold of us any way you want to. It's, you yes. don't have to be an email. It's fine. Um, also, go to watermaneuver.net, and uh, if you click the top left search by store tab, you scroll down to In the Marbles, and that's where you'll find our shirts. We have three designs up right now. Um, and also, skinnymixes.com. Use code MARBLES at checkout for 10% off your first order. And before we get out of here, you got anything you want to add? As always, peace, love, and all the above. And we'll see you next time in the Marbles. <laughs>